give him the word, give him the clarity, give him the discernment to know how to, uh, um, how to deliver that message this morning. So I pray that you would just be glorified in everything that's done and said here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Richard and Faith, again for lifting our eyes to the harvest fields. And I want to bless and honor you for your commitment to that. And Richard mentioned it, and it's kind of interesting, uh, not more than interesting, it's a God thing, how God brings things together. Um, one other thing I wanted to mention, if the church app, you can give in the box on the back as well. Um, anyway, God bless you, Faith and Richard, and my heart is challenged. You know, there is a battle that we face each and every day. I think we know it. I believe sometimes I know it more than other times, and... Um, there's a lot of darkness, and the darker the world gets, some people um, get really stressed out about that, or, or, or it's like, oh my word, look how dark the world's getting, and that's true. The world gets, the more our lights can shine brightly. So my challenge to us this morning is, are we letting our light shine, and are we making a difference in the world? Um, I'm going to jump into what God laid on my heart. I was going to do, do just a part of uh, this chapter, and I might do a little smaller part. We'll try not to keep you too late. Um, but the, the title this morning is A Call to Battle, and I believe there is, a, I know that there is a battle, and I know each one of us face many battles, but we're going to look um, in a book this morning that uh, God has been laying upon my heart. Um, I want to keep the children a little bit engaged this morning, so I'm going to ask a couple questions. Do any children here this morning know what the shortest book in the Bible is? Does anybody want to take a guess what the shortest book in the Bible is? Just shout it out. What do you think? Who's? What was that? Jude? That's a very good guess. That was actually my guess. That's a, that's a very, very good guess. It is, it's a very short book of the Bible. Um, anybody else have a guess what the shortest book of the Bible is? What is it? Esther? That's a good guess. Excellent. Um, there actually is five books in the Bible that only have one chapter. So that, the one is in the Old Testament and the rest are in the New Testament. So, um, I'm going to be looking in the book of Jude, which is a very short book. And if you're paging through your Bible, you can first, second, third John, Revelate. Oh, whoops, Jude, where was that? You know, you can easily miss it. Um, third John is actually the shortest book of the Bible. It only has 219 words in the original language. Second John is the second. Philemon is the third. Obadiah is the fourth. And Jude is actually the fifth smallest. So I would have thought, yeah, it's probably the, the smallest, um, just because I know it's so easy to miss. But anyway, um, there you go. So we're going to look at the fifth smallest book in the Bible this morning. Um, and, and this is going to be kind of a bit of an introduction. It's a fascinating book. Um, some people kind of dodge it because there's some interesting things in there that make you scratch your head a little bit. But this morning we're going to just introduce it and hopefully give us a call to the battle or a call to, to fight. Um, obviously... It's kind of interesting how, how, how Jude introduces the book or introduces himself. Um, it's interesting that Jude, other places in the Bible, he was called Judas. Um, I don't know why exactly 
he's called Jude here, but I think that probably Judas Iscariot had a little something to do with it. If I had that name, I'd probably, you know, can we come up with a nickname or can you shorten it up a little bit? You know, I just don't want them to get the wrong idea here. So um, let's just read as we jump in um, one through, let's read verse one through five. Uh, Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ, and to those who are called beloved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ, may mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Beloved, although I was very eager to write about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appeal an appeal to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain people have crept in unnoticed who long ago were designated for this condemnation, ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our master, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now I want to remind you, although you once fully knew it, that Jesus, who saved a people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. And we'll just pause reading there. Um, this morning. So we know who wrote the book, uh, Jude, and it's interesting that he called himself a servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James because James and Jude were biological brothers and Jesus would have been their, their half-brother, mother. So, but he, he doesn't come and say, hey, yeah, by the way, I was the brother of, you know, the stepbrother or the half-brother. Of Jesus, he says, a servant of Jesus Christ. And history shows that Jude, as well as James, did not believe in Jesus early on, but rather, most likely, after the resurrection of Jesus is when they actually came to faith in Jesus and would have, would have become uh, leaders in the church. Um, there's, a, there's a point where uh, Jesus' mother and brethren stood outside. I won't get into that. but and, and at that point, it seemed like there was a lot of, they were skeptical. Like, who is this guy? Like, we just take him, you know, they, they want to talk to you. And they're just like, come on home with us, Jesus. You're, people think you're losing your mind, and maybe we're wondering if you are too. Like, maybe you just need to come home and, and hang out with your mom and your brothers and, for a while and, and get straightened out. But clearly, later on, um, J- James and Jude both became followers of Christ and here, Jude refers to himself as a servant of Jesus Christ. Um, when we look at this book of Jude, interesting, um, many times people skip over it, as I mentioned earlier, but many times people, there's things that are in it that are a little tricky to understand, a little tr- tricky to figure, figure out, even historically. But I think there's a lot of good truths in it and things that we need to hear, especially in the day that we live in, and the darkness and all the things, the evil that is abounding. Um, I believe it's interesting that it's right before Revelation, which talks so much about the end times and Jesus' return and the bride of Christ being ready and all of those things. And I don't think that's a, a mistake. So as we look at this, what was Jude's main purpose? It seems like there was a twofold purpose that Jude had in writing this letter. One of them was to expose false teachers that had infiltrated the Christian community um, and encourage people to stand strong and faith, strong, stand strong in faith and fight for truth. 
Jude, Jude recognized that there was a lot of deception that had come in. So he had these two reasons. It's interesting, and we read it there, that he, as he was going to write this letter, uh, he kind of had in mind that he wanted to kind of write. Um, he, he said, you know, I wanted to write, verse 3, it talks about that he was eager to write about our common salvation. He just wanted to talk about salvation and how good it is that Jesus died on the cross and how we can be saved. And just, you know, I picture kind of something not as heavy, something a little lighter, something that would, you know, people feel like saying hallelujah at the end of it. But instead, as he sought the Lord, what he should write, he kind of ended up writing in a different line than he had initially planned or thought. It was a little more of a heavy message and not quite as, um, maybe not quite as exciting as he had hoped. Um, I read in one commentary that many times the book of Jude is one of the most neglected books in the New Testament. And maybe some of it has to do with how short it is. Maybe some of it has to do with the way we as Americans, when something is small or short, it's not important. If something's bigger and longer or more grand, we think, wow, like, I better check this out. Um, for, for whatever reason, I think that it, it is easy to overlook it. Um, this, this morning, as we look, the first verse we talked about uh, was Jude, and he said he was a servant of Jesus Christ. So this morning in verse 1, we get something that comes to my heart, and, so, and we get out of that is, do I know who I am in Jesus Christ? Jude knew who he was in Jesus Christ. He knew that he was a servant. Even though he was a stepbrother or a half-brother, he knew who he was in Christ. As we move down through there, we see that we, as believers, we, are, we were purchased. We have been purchased by the blood of Jesus. Another thing that we see is that we have been called to what? A high and a holy calling. We see that we are loved. We all see that we, as believers, are protected and just some of the things that Jude brings out there in, verse, in, in the first verse. We're called, we're beloved, and we're kept. How many of you, raise your hand this morning, if you can think back even this last week where God kept you. Are we thankful for the keeping power of Jesus Christ? I know there was many things that hit me this week and where the enemy wanted me to go down the wrong path. I'm thankful not only... That I was purchased through the blood, only that I'm beloved, but also that he is protecting or he is keeping me. And it is the power of Jesus Christ that can keep us. Praise God for that this morning. And this morning, the second thing in verse 2 that I'd like to look at is just, do we know what we have received from Christ? Here it says, may mercy and peace and love be multiplied to you. Do we actually know what we have received? You know, I think we get so used to it, it's just common knowledge that God is merciful. And yes, he is. But this morning, I want to just challenge our hearts. Do we realize abundant mercy? Do we realize the abundant peace that we as believers, do we realize the abundant love that is shed into our hearts through Jesus Christ. I trust this morning that our hearts can be drawn to that this morning and worship can well up in our hearts because 
we serve a wonderful God. And Jesus is an amazing Savior. The mercy that he shows us day by day. Do we know what we have in Christ? If we know, then we need to share it with other people. It's not meant to to stagnate inside of us. This amazing faith that God has given to us. In verse 3 and 4, we're going to just briefly look at the thing of contending the faith. And I was kind of familiar with that word, but I I looked it up just a bit. Um, And we'll try to dive into that a little deeper. Do you know this morning what you believe? And I want to challenge young people. I want to challenge children. And I want to challenge all of us here this morning. Do I know what I believe? It is important that we know what we believe. Because more than ever, there is so much out there. Whether it's news media, whether it's a preacher that you come across. And there's a lot of false So it's important that we as believers are rooted and grounded and built up in our faith and we know what we believe. He talks about earnestly contending for the faith. And it's interesting that it feels like Jude had a tremendous burden for this. It wasn't just something light. Again, he had wanted to just talk about the common salvation. But instead he dove deeper and he's saying, do you realize what you have? Do you realize this common salvation, how, how important it is, how it has transformed your lives? Um, do you realize the depth of what you have in Jesus Christ? And this morning I want to challenge us with that as well. Do we realize what we have he says to give the more di- – he gave all diligence to write. He was, he, was, he was very passionate about the common salvation. But then even on that, he said it's needful that he writes and exhorts them to contend for the faith. He's pleading with us to contend for the faith, to fight for the faith that was delivered to us. I don't know how each one of us here in this room – first heard about salvation, first heard about faith in Jesus Christ, maybe of church. So it's been kind of very common, and it's like, yeah, Jesus, you know, you can give the, you can talk about maybe the Romans road, or you can say, yeah, Jesus died on the cross for our sins, and if we believe in him, blah, blah, blah. And it's just common to you. But this morning, are you contending for that faith? Do you see the value that is actually there? Or maybe you were saved later in life out of a, of a life of bondage and sin. And I think sometimes people who have that kind of a story, they value this common salvation, maybe a little higher. But I believe it's so important that every one of us values this common salvation and fights for understanding it more and more deeply day by day as we move forward. There is a, there's, there's a lot that we could look at, but I want to just include afraid, to contend. The word contend means to agonize. It is the spirit of true agony which possesses one who is contending. Agony of the spirit and love for the gospel should be in the heart of every believer. Contending means to fight while standing on the very thing that is being assaulted. It means to stand against all who undermine it. And this this... Time in this 
time and 2023 that we live in, this common salvation is being attacked, it's being assaulted, it's being undermined, and many, many false things have gone out into the world, and that is the work of the enemy. And this morning, I want to just challenge us this morning, am I contending for the faith? Do I realize how powerful this great salvation is that is inside me? Yes, Jesus has saved me, but am I contending for it? And am I also, because of the great value and because of the transforming work of the gospel, am I also spreading that to those that I come in contact with? Or am I just a little bit more like, let me just... Be in a maintain mode. I'm thankful for what Jesus has done, and I'm just going to maintain this salvation that he's given me. We need to contend. We need to remember the teachings and the warnings of Jesus that he gave to the early church and the apostles. We need, by God's grace, to build ourselves up in that most holy faith. We need to pray in the Holy Spirit. We need to keep ourselves in the love of God. These are things that are uh, later, later on in Jude, different, different parts that we'll just briefly pull out. Look for the mercy of the Lord to bring us eternal life. Show mercy to Christians who are doubting, snatching unbelievers from the fire, and cautiously show mercy to the corrupt. Are we snatching unbelievers from the fire? I believe every one of us, Every single week interacts with unbelievers. Do we actually believe that they are on a trajectory of eternal damnation? Do we believe that their end is destruction? Do we believe that the only hope is Jesus Christ? And if we do, then let us show them mercy. Let us show them the mercy of Jesus Christ. Let's not be ashamed of the gospel that is within inside of us, but rather let's fight for that very thing that is being accosted. Let's fight for that very thing that is that, in that very space where the enemy is desiring to destroy and to bring falsehood in. Let's fight for that truth. Let's share the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It, it talks about... Um, It talks about the, the elementary doctrines of Jesus Christ. And a, a verse from Hebrews 6, there's actually two verses, Hebrews 6, 1 and 2 says, Therefore let us leave the elementary doctrines of Christ and go on unto maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God and of instruction about wash, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. You know, there are fundamental things in our faith that are under attack each one of those things is under attack. You know, there, last Sunday was, we celebrated Resurrection Sunday. There are many people still in this world who say, eh, I don't know if Jesus really actually rose from the dead. There are other people who are saying, yeah, well, there's many ways to God. And, you know, as long as your heart is right, that's not, that's not the real truth. That is not the truth of the gospel and of the faith that is inside of us. There are many things, there are many fundamental things that are under attack. And I guess my challenge to us this morning is, do we know how to fight against that attack? Do we know how to proclaim the gospel? And I believe it's so, so important that we learn and grow in these things so that we can not only share the gospel, but we can also fight and know the difference between truth and between 
things that are in air, things that are false. Because there are many false prophets in this world. There are many things that are not true. And if we just kind of mosey our way through the world, kind of just taking in a little of this and a little of that, if we're not careful, we will find ourselves, we'll find ourselves departing from this glorious gospel that can set us free. We will find ourselves departing from the simplicity of this gospel that has set us free. So while we are here as believers on this earth, in the midst of this dark, corrupt world, God wants us to fight and contend for the faith that was delivered to us, but also that is inside of us. And we need to stand strong in Christ on the very thing that is being assaulted, on that very thing that the enemy wants to destroy. Are you going to take your stand on the truth and the simplicity of the gospel today? My prayer and my desire is that I would. You know, there are, verse 4 talks about there are certain people that crept in unnoticed who long ago were designated for this condemnation. Ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our master, the Lord Jesus Christ. And there is many, many teachers. There is false teachers who have maybe some good things, but they actually they creep in. And this morning, one of the burdens on my heart in this whole looking through the book of Jude is just, The creeping in might happen by someone walking in the back door or the side door. But there are many, many other ways that living in 2023, there are many other ways that falsehood can creep into our lives. Um, Thank God for technology. But we have many ways with with which we hear sermons. And I want to challenge us. It's more important than ever that we know the truth. We know the gospel. We know the simplicity. And we know how to fight for it and even defend the faith that we believe and that is inside of us. Otherwise, these false things will easily creep in and will easily lead us down a wrong road. So just be aware that there is false doctrine and things that lead us away from the simplicity in the gospel, and those things are desiring to creep in and undermine the very faith that I believe in and that you believe in. When you look at children growing up today, you know, some people who have a little bit of a doomsday, it's like, man, these poor kids growing up. And yes, it's a challenging time, but I get excited because I believe that because of the darkness... Children and all of us must press in and must know what we believe more than ever. You can't just coast along. You can't just put it in cruise control. We are in a battle, and there's much darkness, but we have the truth. We have the true gospel. And so children growing up today, I blow upon, I want to encourage you, dig in and understand what God's word is saying to you. Understand the gospel, what has been presented to you and what you have believed in and know how to share it with other people. If you just do halfway, it's not going to work. Maybe a hundred years ago, you could kind of bump along, but in, in the darkness with, with which with, wherein we live today, we can't go halfway. We must go all in and we must contend for the faith that has been delivered to us. So we need to beware, verse 4 encourages us to beware those people who are deceiving the church 
And we must beware of those who distort the grace of God. And just, you know, I'm thankful for the grace of God this morning. But the grace of God is not a license for me to delight or just live in sensuality and sin. The grace of God is, is not that. So do not let them distort the grace of God. Beware of those who deny the Lord. These are very important truths. And these things we need to get a grip on and we need to walk in this contending for the faith. So this morning I trust that these words from the book of Jude can challenge our hearts this morning, can stir us up to the fight, to the battle that we live in. Um, you know, inside the four walls of this church, we might have some a little bit of um, difference of thought or difference of um, the way we think about certain things in God's word. But when we leave this, the four walls of this church and we go out into the world, there is so much darkness. Do you know what you believe? And can you contend for the faith that was delivered to you? Can you contend for the faith that somebody shared with you? Maybe whether it was when you were older, whether it was as Richard shared, boy, just, I picture a troublesome boy, you know, just just uh, someone who was on a wrong path, and yet that faith that got the gospel of Jesus Christ came and touched Richard and changed him. And I'm thankful for that, that gospel that came and to me and has been transforming my life. So this morning, I pray that we could see and just open our hearts to the power of this gospel. And we would, our hearts would be drawn to fight the good fight and to not allow these things that are in the world to pull us down but rather we would continue to study continue to read god's word and realize that there is a darkness that would desire to just ever so slowly subtly come and lead us astray there are many doctrines uh, one place it talks about doctrines of devils that lead us astray from the simplicity of the gospel. So this morning, earnestly contend. With all your might, contend for the faith. This is not something that you just do part-time. This is a full-time job. And I know we have our other vocations. Contending for the faith. It's a full-time job. And I desire to press in my own self. And grow and learn. So that I can earnestly contend for this faith that was delivered to me i think about my own journey and just the way god brought me to things the triple down effect that richard talked about and i'm so thankful that the gospel came and reached my dad as a hippie what am i going to do with that gospel am i going to just kind of say well that was great i'm glad and wow i'm glad i'm saved isn't this wonderful or am I going to actually realize that it is a powerful gospel? It is a life-transforming gospel. And am I going to fight for it? Because I want my children to know and to walk that journey themselves and to realize the gospel is life-transforming. So if you're not about your life being transformed, if you're just about doing half-half or going just part way, then maybe the gospel... Um, is not for you because it totally transforms, totally alters our life. So this morning my prayer is that we would rise up 
as believers and contend for the faith and fight this battle. The enemy's coming in in so many ways. Yes, with false doctrine, but we know that there's sin, there's evil all around us. And God wants us to know how to rightly discern what is of the enemy and what is of the kingdom of darkness, what is light. May we walk as children of light, fighting for the truth, fighting for faith in Jesus Christ. So be aware, be equipped, be ready, because the adversary is all around us. And we can't go halfway. We can't just put it on cruise control. There is a battle, and we must fight. So I pray this morning that our hearts can be encouraged. And I pray more than anything that we would realize what's inside of us. This faith that has transformed our lives. And we would share it. It's not meant to be kept. It's not meant to be a dead sea and become stagnant. It is to be an outflow. I know we live in North Carolina and there's a lot of gospel. There's a lot of churchiosity and you'd meet people. Yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of people who don't truly know the gospel living around us. How is God? I believe, I do believe God wants to equip us to know how to Share the gospel, the true gospel, the transforming gospel, the powerful gospel that will change lives. It's not just about going to church. It's not just about singing three hymns and listening to a message. This is a daily walk. This is a powerful thing. And I just want to encourage us, uh, lay that before the Lord. How does God want to use me to push back against the status quo? So thank you for your attention this morning. I, I'm excited for what God wants to do and how he wants to use us. As we wrap up, um, I want to encourage us just to be willing to go out of our comfort zone. Lay our lives before the Lord and say, God, I'm willing to go beyond my comfort zone. We all have those comfort zones. And say, God, I want to contend for the faith. Show me what that looks like. How can I do that on Monday? How can I do that on Wednesday? And this faith that has changed us is going to change more people. I think it's beautiful what Richard and Faith are doing in Ghana. And I bless them and honor them. But what are you doing to contend for the faith? To share the gospel? How's that look? Or are we so wrapped up in our little selfish pursuits? May God have mercy upon me and upon you. And may we actually be faithful ministers of the gospel. You know, we represent a lot of different connections. When you think about, I would say probably the hundreds, um, maybe each one of us every week interact with a couple hundred people possibly. There's a lot of impact that can happen. So thank you all for listening. Does anybody have something briefly they want to share? We'll wrap up here in a moment. Um, just give us some, something's burning on your heart, um, testimony, or, or just something that God is ministering to your heart. All right.
Um, I want to bless, as we wrap up, I want to bless everyone yesterday who helped out with the widow's luncheon. Um, man, that blessed me. It, it, a couple years I've helped out more, and some years I've helped out less. Um, I know it's a lot of work, and I just honor everyone who did that. That's a beautiful opportunity and a way to reach out to the widows in our community. Um, but my heart right away was like, God, how, how can we reach out to others? You know, this is one group people, and it's a, a beautiful thing. Um, bless you guys for, for everything you poured into it. Uh, Sam and Carrie, I know you guys did a lot with the, the organizing. I honor you for that as well. Um, what else would God want us as a church to, to do? How else can we reach out to other people um, in our community? It's just a question that comes to my heart. So we stand at this point, and we will wrap this time up with prayer. And, uh, yeah, if there's any questions, I'm sure Faith and Richard would be fine to hang out a little bit and and feel free to ask them some questions and maybe how you can be more involved in uh, partnering with them. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this service today. Thank you for stirring our hearts. Lord, thank you for what you're doing in Ghana. Thank you for what you're doing here in North Carolina. Lord, do pray, God, that you would help us as believers to know what we have, this side of us. Lord, thank you for the salvation. Thank you that we have received your mercy, and we now get to walk as children of light in this dark world. Father, I pray you would stir our hearts with the reality of it. I pray that we would know each and every day and and actually understand the power of the gospel. And we would not just live half-hearted lives, but we would press in and contend for this faith and fight the true fight and lay hold on eternal life. Lord, I thank you for each brother and sister here in the church today. I pray that you would go with us this week. I pray, Lord, that you would put a a burden in our hearts, Lord, to share the gospel. Lord, would you forgive us for the complacency that so many times creeps in, and would you give us a burden? Lord, I pray for an anointing upon each one in this church. Lord, that we can rightly represent you, that we can share the gospel wherever we go, and that we would walk in your light. Father, help us to be more than overcomers this week through Jesus Christ. Help us world, the flesh, and the devil. And I pray, Lord, that you would equip us that we could represent you. Lord, help us to get beyond our own little world, our own self-centeredness, and see your kingdom. Lord, give us a vision of your kingdom today, and may we know the place that you have for us in that kingdom, and may we be willing to be poured out and spent for your kingdom. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Thank you that we get to be a part of it as believers. We worship you this morning, Lord Jesus. Thank you for this time that we have shared together. Go with us and equip us and anoint us to do your work, Lord. Uh, Lord, I look forward to testimonies, even now, able to use us in small ways and even big ways to impact the world around us. Thank you, Father. Go with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You're dismissed.